You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. (laughs) Way to fuck up the recording, Dick. We're keeping that. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm I'm recording this from quarantine. (laughs) I'm going to open that door, it's hot in here. That was funny as hell. While we were recording silence to remove from the episode. That was really what was. Yeah, no, no, no. That was, that was important, but I don't want to cut it out because it's funny. (laughs) There's things that you're like, and that's getting edited. And I'm like, Mm, is it, is it though? Because Well, they're always so funny. It's like little things that you do that, um, that I'm like, it's actually kind of entertaining. I'll go out and I'll take out like extremely long pauses and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, like I like our, uh, I like or, our organic banter. I think that's one thing that's really important to keep in a show. Right so unless we say something that is <coughs> completely off the wall and just egregious, I won't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't really edit yeah. much of that out. Or if yeah. you're like, Hey, I should not have said that. Please edit that. Right. It's, or, it's I, I do it too. Comment editing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, this week we're going to talk about, how much is too much? Yeah, and we're recording this from uh, Casa de Brodomir. We are, we yeah. are. The old lady had a, uh, she had to do meetings today for work, and she's like, I can't have the shit that you guys say in the background. Yeah. And I was like, fair, yeah, fair yeah. enough, okay. Yeah, that's great. She's like, get out of here. Basically, yeah. All right, so so you were, not only were you allowed to leave the house today, you were instructed to do so. Basically, right. it was that, or we were going to have to do this super late, and I wasn't going to do that to you or well, I anybody can't, else. Well, I'm, I'm hitting the road. I have to be oh, at the yeah, rental car right. place tomorrow at 10, because okay. I'm driving to Fort Wayne to interview a guy. Woo! Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, pretty stoked. Things are things are actually moving in a positive direction. I did five interviews last week. Uh, two of them are completely edited and approved for... Beast going mode. up so i'll get those dropped this week hopefully and not hopefully will for sure but any which way this isn't about me this is about too much and i think i've crossed the line chris i think it was too much about my other thing my other gig i don't know we talk about it a lot i, I think it's too we, much i think one of the funny things about the show is we end up so often going into well this is what happens in life and with what we're doing with work or what right. have you and that's because the show's about our relationship It is in so many ways it is. Well, that's why we do it. It is. That's I. So I have to admit, I'm super bummed out about when it ends. And like, I don't know what the finish line is just yet because you don't have a for sure, a for sure date set on when you leave. I don't. So my wife uh, had a job interview last week okay. uh, to do a remote uh, basically a remote version of what she does now, just in a different industry, regulatory, regulatory work, quality assurance work, right? mm-hmm. any which way. So depending on if she gets that job, because it's working remotely, she can work from anywhere in the country or the world for that matter. So yeah, I mean that her getting a gig is really the next big step for us, because once yeah. that's done, we'll have a time frame on, okay, great. 
when do we want to move and when do we want to consider putting the house on the market? And But between COVID and continued, you know, unsurprised racial tension in the United States, I, I, fuck, man, I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's weird. With everything, with everything going on right now, I actually feel kind of guilty that I'm focusing on petty things like my podcasts and right. interviewing people about toy soldiers and bullshit conventions that ultimately in the grand scheme of things don't matter yeah when the reshaping of humanity in the united states of america or the world for that matter is drastically changing and i'm talking about fucking toy soldiers right i mean i don't i don't want to make the show about politics but you want to talk about you know when you talk about white privilege i could just put my head in the sand and play dungeons and dragons while the world burns that's kind of fucked up that's bizarre isn't it it's fucked up yeah totally weird um so at what point do you say how much is too much then like with uh with with anything so like one of the things that i was thinking of is i was like okay with relationships in general there's a lot of give and take and there's always going to be give and take sometimes you're taking more than you give but how much is too much how much is it how much have you given and given and given and said okay i'm done giving or how much have you taken and taken and taken and said okay i'm i can't wow so where do you draw the line? How much is too much? And I'm sure it's going to vary from relationship to relationship. It it de- it depends. Like for example, I uh, you know I I have a substance abuse issue. I always have had some sort of addiction, whether you know that you know is adolescent masturbation or cigarettes or alcohol or you know light drugs. Uh, and I don't want to go down that debate with people, but I uh. For my wife, you know, it's too much. I mean, my drinking, she never said these words, but it was clear that my drinking had become too much for her to deal with, right? And that was a catalyst. Just feeling the room, right? Reading reading the room, that was a catalyst for me to make a change. But now, and this is not my wife's bag either. She's not much of a drinker. She doesn't do drugs. Um, you know, now I smoke a lot of weed. Um, and man, has that been great for my depression? Really, really been wonderful. I've, I've lost 20 odd pounds at this point. That's I'm crazy. In, I'm in better shape than I've been in for a long, long time. And, but still I can be super paranoid and annoying and, you know, it gets on our nerves sometimes, but it's better than being, being, you know, drunk, I guess, in her mind. So that that's all right. But sometimes it's too much from her. She's never said, hey, do you have to smoke another bowl? Many of times in my life, she'd like, do you really need another beer? Do you really need another drink? It's never happened with marijuana, but I know I get goofy and annoying. And so I know sometimes that's too much for her. My wife and I had an interesting conversation about uh, drinking last night, actually. So we went to we went to the store. We had to pick up like a little... We have a giant steam cleaner, okay? For the space that we're currently occupying, it is just way too cumbersome. That's what I, that's what I call my, my wife's vagina is the giant cream cleaner. Ooh. It just it just comes in all fluffy and moist and just sucks up all the cream. So we picked up a new steam cleaner, and on our way home, um, go ahead, you can do it one more time. <laughs> on our way home, uh, we were having a conversation about drinking and cause we were talking about going on a float trip and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I picked the wrong year not to drink. 
Yeah. Like, who would have fucking known that, oh, we'd be spending weeks at home and blah, 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 and all that bullshit. And then you're like, man, when I finally get to go do something, it would be great to go have a beer. But, like, I'm bound and determined. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing it. I said one year off, so I'm doing one year off. Um, she's like, so what are you going to do, like, as soon as it's over? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm going to go pick up an, uh, pick up alcohol. I might not. I might not drink but once a year or something stupid like that. But my big thing with it was, I was like, you know, time is different when you're drinking. I'm like, when you're drinking, you're passing time, and you don't necessarily, you're not purposely doing it, I guess, but you're definitely doing it subconsciously, and how time goes by is very, very different. Like, even if you think about a night out drinking with your friends, Mm -hmm. when you do that, it fucking flies by. All of a sudden, it's two in the morning, and, you know, you're like, oh, shit, it's really late. When you're doing it by yourself, basically do it right up until bedtime. And then you're like, okay, time to go to bed. It like totally changes your perspective on time. And Hmm. like, that was one of those things that I was like, I don't know that I want that again. Now, I, I have to say that marijuana definitely slows, distorts time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually had a beer Wednesday last week. Okay. I had one. Um, I was out with some friends. We went to a restaurant. It was the first time sitting down at a restaurant for a long time. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it. It's been almost six months. It'll be six months tomorrow. Um, I haven't had a beer for almost six months. I'm going to give one a shot. It was a beer that I had had before many times, a beer that I remember enjoying, but it just wasn't very good. Yeah. It was disappointing. It was a disappointing experience. And it took me a long time to finish it. And I just wasn't. Beer is an acquired taste. Yeah. It is. And like my dad said that when I was a kid, because I'm like, I don't know how you drink this piss. Because, you know, dad gives you a sip of beer or whatever. And he's like, it's an acquired taste. You learn to like it. And you fucking do. You learn to like it. But I think you like the effect more yeah. than you actually like well, the beer. I learned to crave it, too. I mean, there are, there are still beers that I, I mean, I, I'm, I am not opposed to drinking. But it, it was an interesting experiment for me to see that I could have one beer and not have a second beer, first of all, but two, that it wasn't a pleasurable experience. It certainly wasn't what I had expected it to be mm. or, or what I'd hoped it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. It's different. It was disappointing. Was but, it really? Yeah, it was disappointing. Really was. Just but, because you didn't enjoy it as much yeah. as you'd remembered. But, but obviously I had gotten to a point with alcohol where it was too much. Good for you. No, not, you not good for this fucking week. It's stupid. It's Is it cowardly. Weak? It's letting it's letting something having power over you. So you're like, I can't have this thing anymore. Fucking, because it we, has power we over We do it me. with food. Oh, sure. We do it with exercise. We yeah. do it with fucking everything, man. Yeah. Everybody does it too. Like I uh, part of the conversation that Tara and I had about it was um we went into the whole all right, well what about uh she's like, Well, you weren't she goes, I don't think you're, you're an alcoholic. She's like, I didn't, I didn't see any behavior that led me to believe that. And I don't think that there is uh, anything necessarily wrong with how you were drinking. She's like, it just, it was costly. She's like, it cost too much money. And it was weird having her point of view on it because it was just very different than mine. I was like, oh, huh, interesting. So... Moving on from that, it was just like, okay. I had to unplug my microphone so you did not hear a noise in the background. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's it's spendy. It's a spendy spendy habit. But for me, (coughs) excuse me, clear my throat. Uh, For me, cost was not the issue. It was just dependence, I guess. 
yeah, I don't, I, I wasn't worried about the cost, um, so much. I was more so worried about like, it, it was about time and about wasting time and shit like that. If, uh, if I were going to have a couple of beers and sit there and just fucking sit there, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like nothing. Like you might go to work, you work hard, you might do whatever and you do that well. But like, there was no optimization of that which it was i was doing at a given point in time and like that was something that i found depressing it makes you feel as that you are wasting your life for sure for sure i I had this thing with video games i recently um i borrowed a couple of different video games from uh from a buddy uh from jason Mm -hmm. and from uh you know entertain the geeky nerd news jason o'toole yeah he's the man give him the plug uh so Jason had let me borrow a couple of games and I found myself spending a lot of time playing them. And I felt guilty because I wasn't being productive in an area where, you know, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't improving anything for me, which sounds so lame, but I thought to myself, you know, I want to make a career of talking. I want to make a career of writing. And if it's my free time, even if it's something that is not, directly productive toward my passions into the industry that I want to be successful in. But if it's least peripheral, then that's the kind of thing that I should be doing. So instead of playing a video game, you know, for a couple of hours, maybe I should read a fantasy series or a sci-fi series or something. You know, maybe I should study other creators. Maybe. Something that's going to really sharpen yeah. your stone. Yeah. Or sharpen maybe, the blade. maybe instead of that, I should get out my tablet and draw on Photoshop and work on my map making skills or work on my Photoshop skills. These things are enjoyable. Maybe I should be working on those because I'm spending too much time on things that don't have some form of impact on what really brings me joy and the desire to make a career out of a thing that brings me joy. Uh, My boss one day, we were, everybody was bullshitting about, we had a customer come in, the guy was a big geek, and uh, I was like, you should ask him about Superman Red Sun. Because they just did an animated movie for it. Yeah, it and, wasn't bad. And it's a it's a fucking great <clears throat> story. Um, so I'm like, you should ask him about that. And the guys are like, what the fuck is Superman Red Son? So I explain it to him. I explain the premise. And they're like, why? They're like, why would you waste time doing something like that? And I was like, doing something like what? Like exploring somebody's emotional depth because like that's what allows me to do my job well. Right. Do you watch television? Yeah. Um, you know, do you- some some of these guys I don't think really do. Yeah. I don't know what they fu- I, I I don't fucking know. Um but you know, I don't give a shit either. Like my big thing is okay, if if I were doing something that were detracting from my character, uh like if I was sitting there wasting away just fucking off if I did just play video games all the time, that would be a problem. Because there's nothing there's nothing that I'm doing at that point in time unless I'm trying to pursue something with video games, there's nothing that I'd be doing with my time to better myself yeah and, and don't don't i'm not before i'm people not bashing start, anybody yeah, for it yeah don't i'm not shitting on people for playing video games there is definite value to video games in terms of dexterity hand-eye coordination uh your uh, you know critical thinking reading decision making i mean there there's great value to those things they just don't have the same impact for me. Yeah. So I determine for me that there are better uses of my time. Well, like, uh, you, you've been on this writing kick recently. And like, I read stuff that I wrote when I was 18 years old and I was like, wow, 
I was a fucking fantastic writer. And like I would put these ridiculous restrictions on myself if I were writing a song or whatever. Um, I had to do everything. It was proper English, proper grammar, blah, blah, blah. Punctuation, everything had to be right. If not, I didn't want to do it. Um, I thought it was stupid. And I'm like, I'm intelligent enough that I can do it this way. So I did. And I was reading some of the stuff that I wrote. And I was like, wow, this is fucking incredible. And there's no way I could do it now. Hmm. Like, I, I'm so soft when it comes to that. So I was like, I need to start doing writing exercises again, I guess. So I started doing that. Like, just sit there and fill a page with whatever. Whatever came to mind. So yeah. there was one, like, I sat down and I was like, this is going to be weird. I'm going to write something really weird, I think. And I didn't. I wrote about writing on that page and it was fucking surreal, like completely bizarre, <laughs> but I did it. And then five minutes after that, I was like, okay, now, now I'm going to write a comic book song. So this is what you would see in a comic book, but this is it as a song. Mm -hmm. So there was, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge and outro. And it made sense. So I was pretty proud of that. And I was like, Ooh, look at me, look at your boy getting back in. So yeah, write, writing again is important, and like that's definitely something. Like when I'm doing that, I can feel myself thinking at a fa at a faster level. I guess is it faster? It's a at more a higher precise. level. It's definitely more precise yeah. for sure. Um, and then when you're speaking, you're speaking better and whatnot. So it worked well. Like yeah. it, it's good. I'm happy to be doing it again. Yeah, I one area where I think that I'm I'm engaging in too much is that I think that the marijuana might be becoming too much for me, only because I have noticed a different a definite difference in my short term memory, okay, and my respiratory, just my my ability to you know depth of breath, ability to hold my breath, that sort of thing is a little bit less. So, I I uh yeah I don't I I my short term memory shit like if I smoked weed. I would be awful. Yeah. I can't remember anything anyway. I have dad brain, big hmm. time. Basically, as soon as I started having kids, I couldn't remember a fucking thing. So that's been, I'm 10 years into that now. Now, I've heard pregnancy brain is a thing. This is the first time I have heard of dad brain. That's a real thing, man. So, one, you pay attention less because you're- Then fuck, I have dad brain. Well, your, your time spent doing anything, you're half engaged in it. If that, okay? So let's say you're a third engaged in it. That's really not shit. So how much, if a third of you is engaged in something, how much of that are you going to retain? You're going to retain a third of it. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. That's not shit, dude. And like, that's one of those things that, oh man, I'm fucking super guilty of that. And part of it is just, there's things that you don't give a fuck about. Well, it's also age. Sure. I mean, I do not have, I mean, and I, I've never had the, the best head for rules. I've had just enough knowledge of rules and games, for example, to be dangerous. Certainly never to the degree that like my older brother Bob has. But as I've aged, I'm certainly far worse with rules and recollection than I am or than I was. Think about how many you have crammed in your brain, too. Like if we look around the room here in your game room. Fuck, dude. There's a lot of games in here. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't imagine being able to keep all of it straight. Yeah, but but that's become too much because I can't I can't keep keep it all straight. I mean, if I had, you know, four board games and two role playing games on the shelf, I suspect that I would probably have at this point become fairly competent at all of those things. But, you know, over the years they come, they go, they change, hobbies evolve, but but yeah, it's way too fucking much for me. And so I just, 
I've gone toward games that are rules light comparatively mm-hmm. to as opposed to games that are rules heavy just because they're just easier to play for me because there's less dispute about how shit works well i think i think you're also a creative person so having all the restraints that you would have with a rules heavy game like some people that works well with how they think um they think very well in terms of something rules heavy like they're able to manipulate the environment based on the rules that are given to them um I think when you're a more creative-brained person, I don't think you have that same uh, that same ability. So, yeah, well, I think that it sounds it's going to sound so fucking pretentious, but it's almost like you have this sort of uh, this sort of ephemeral thinking versus this very rigid, solid, structured thinking. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, we're saying the same thing there. Um, because you're, you want to go all over the place and you just want to explore the environment, which is being created and explore that, which you are creating in that environment, which may be a character or whatever. Um, that's rules light. Okay. That's heavy role playing. If your rules heavy, God, we totally turn this into a role playing podcast, but if your rules heavy <laughs> episode, <laughs> yeah episode yeah yeah you said Show. podcast maybe it's the whole thing it's a it's yeah. it's a podcast yeah. but it is an episode of the podcast yeah. i think you're right yeah um but yeah i mean we yeah well we talk we talk we've talked about alcohol consumption we've talked about drug use what about poon poon can be too much can it too much whoring can it go out there well okay okay let's let's talk about let's talk about gluttony and gluttony as uh, an as a sin. And I know long time ago, this was one of the words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least I believe that it was, but look at the way the human condition works. Look at the way the human body works. Gluttony is something that you are literally physically affected by. You are branded by gluttony, right? If you have too many cigarettes, too much alcohol, too much food. These things affect your body, but too much sex, too much, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anonymous sex, too much loose, free love. You can get diseases that burn when you pee pee. Well, and it affects you mentally as well. Totally does, man. So you, uh, we as humans are designed to be monogamous and it's for the sake of rearing children. Well, now okay, I I am I am not a doctor, I am not an expert, Shoot. I am yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have absolutely no understanding of the science on this situation, so I'm not going to say one way or the other other than from my personal experiences. Shoot, what you got? Well, I'm just saying that uh for example, I and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And because I'm not, don't, I'm not, I'm not shitting on poly people. I'm just saying in my experience, I don't know people who have had successful long-term poly relationships. They always seem to dissolve. Now, again, that's my limited world experience. That might not be the norm. I might be this weird magnet for corner cases. I don't know. No, I I, I think you're yeah. completely right, though, because, again, there there's this whole jealousy thing that plays into every relationship in some way, shape, or form. And my wife's not jealous. I don't think she's completely... We fought about her not being jealous. I'm sure there would be some level of jealousy if you were out there whoring around. I don't think she would be crazy about it. Honestly. Is it it anger or is it jealousy? Um... I mean, because I'm a shitbag. I I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm conflating the two emotions. I... 
I don't. I, I think they're kind of the same. Like jealousy generally turns into anger or resentment. But you, speaking of too much, you've got too much jealousy with Tara. Oh yeah. Have you I mean, always been like that? Have we both. We both get jealous. Okay, um, we're not talking about Tara's yeah, jealousy. Okay, we're sure. talking about. We're talking so, about. So do this I, shows about. This shows about Chris. Sure, sure, and sure. Chris being too do, jealous. Do, do I turn into a jelly belly? Sure. Is that something that I've gotten better about? Absolutely. But okay. But let's set Tara aside. Yeah. Uh, first wife, other girlfriends. Is this something that you've always been thing, or is it not? Not super. Um, not super. Has it has it been a thing a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it was more so like when you're a kid. Okay. Because Tara and I got together when I was 22. Mm-hmm. So I was a kid. Um, when you're a kid and your relationship's not going your way or whatever, I think you get jealous. And I think a lot of my jealousy comes from uh, my my family life growing up. Um, my parents were divorced before I can ever remember anything. So like what what a family is supposed to be was not there. Okay. I had a stepdad who's a father figure to me. He's an amazing man. I love the guy. And I had my mom. They've been together basically ever since I can remember. Um, and they're awesome for that. And that's one of the reasons why I think I get jealous too, because if, if, if a relationship in my eyes is supposed to be two people, you stick it out, you go through it no matter what, um, that's, that's pretty straightforward. And if other people start showing up in that, well, that's fucked up. And like, I had a dad who dated around and stuff like that. And like, you don't get that time with your parent. And when you start to not get that time with your parent, you're like, relationships are not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to have that taken away from you. So then you... You carry that baggage on as you go into your relationship. Sorry about my dog in the background. That's all right. Little he bit, Admiral Cujo. He he bit my ankle earlier. Uh, okay. And I called him a cunt. You you did, and which is fine because he was being a cunt. But <laughs> I, to say he bit you, okay, you're talking about. So if you look at my dog, my dog is a Hoosier, right? And I don't mean I don't mean Indiana Hoosier. I mean what what we in Missouri would call a redneck, right? Redneck. What, what what we in Missouri or what I what I was for probably still am white trash, right? I'm, okay. I am a white trash. So my dog is a white trash dog in that he's missing his front teeth at the top and the bottom. Is he really? So my dog gummed you. <laughs> That he did not. He did not bite. Now you. I'm even more upset about it because I feel like not, he sexually violated he could me. Not, my dog. If you, oh my god, even if you, he, he cannot cause harm. He's I'm, incapable. No, no, no. It's not about the ability to cause harm. Yeah, no, he's being an asshole. It's about. It's about. It's about intention. I'm the worst dog owner ever. I mean, my dog is a doggy school dropout. Because I didn't like the way the lady talked to me. At, and I'm sure it's because I was in the wrong. But she was nasty and had a shitty attitude. And I said, I'm not bringing my fucking dog back here. Because this lady's a cunt. So, and I'm sure I was in the wrong. But I didn't like the way she handled it. I didn't like the way she talked to me. I'm fucking paying you. Don't talk to me that way. What? How did she talk she to you? She was just that you were snotty so and condescending. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not a drill sergeant, Michael. You're not this, Michael. You're not. First of all, my, ex, my name's Oh, she Mike. called you Michael? I, have, I mean, in, in my in my brain story, she did. She I was going to say, I only call you Michael to be a prick. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure she called me Mike. She was just nasty and condescending, and I hate nothing more. I get I'm I'm an idiot. Just but pretend that I'm not. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. It's fucking rude. Oh, I hate that. I did. 
I, I, that's one of those things that I just don't really put up with myself. Yeah. You know, that's um, one of the things I like you. You're a lot like my brother and my brother's my hero, but you your bullshit tolerance is wicked low. Right. And I think yeah. mine's too high. Well, I had, I had a lady come in this week, so I sold her a car months ago and it was actually, I finished up a deal for my buddy and, um, she was like, yeah, you sold me this car and you guys did touch up work. It was a brand new car. You guys did touch up work to the handle on the car. I'm like, no, we didn't. And she's like, well, there's a chip on it there. And I'm like, well, it's happened since you've had it because you've had it for months. Yeah. And she's like, my husband was buffing it and he said he chipped off some of the touch up paint that you put there. And I was like, your husband didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And I, I, didn't say fuck, but I was like, your husband didn't know what he was doing, and he overbuffed the car there because I can clearly see here that he wore through clear coat and paint. Hmm. I'm like, so I'm not fixing that. You can buy touch-up paint, or I can have my body shop charge you $200 to fix it. Matt. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, this is, I'm like, if you would have come to me the day that you bought the car and pointed that out, I'm like, I would have gladly taken care of it because... That would have been honest. I'm like, but what you're doing now is dishonest, and I'm not doing anything with it. I'm Check like, so ass. I'm like, you go buy yourself some touch-up paint. It's fifteen dollars, or I will charge you two hundred, and one of my guys will do it. And she was like, okay, where do I go? Oh wow, kick ass. Well, you don't fucking lie to people, especially to get your way like that. And that's like everybody thinks you can do that, and you think you're gonna go into a business and fucking lie about right. what we no fuck you. Like that's right. bullshit, lady. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, and and it's weird too. It's one of those things. What came first, right? The the deception or or the the, the let me try that one more time. What came first, the deception on the part of the uh, of the retailer or the deception on the part of the consumer, right? Because they they seem to feed one another. It's like, you know, we're getting fucked all the time. Customers are coming in all the time. And corporate says just to roll over and take it in the shitter for these customers who are fucking us. And now corporate's coming up with these ideas to get money back and to screw the decent consumer because we're we're getting fucked by the shithead lying consumer. Well, we... Ugh. It, it, it The place that I'm at now, like, if we... Because misrepresenting things happens, and it generally happens by accident. If you have a third party put something together for you, there is tremendous room for error. And guess what? We have third parties put some stuff together for us. So there's room for error there. And that's one of those things where, like, this dealership that I'm at is absolutely phenomenal about saying, you know what? I'm sorry. We'll make that right for you because we're not in the business of trying to screw people. That's not how you do well. Um, so we'll make something like that right. But we're, it's also, it's a, it's, you know, family owned and operated basically, not family, but. Right. I mean, you can be scumbags and thieves and liars. They just can't know it. Well, we're not. That's the thing. <laughs> You've got a bunch of fucking guys. No, like seriously, my I'm boss. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm shitting I've, on I've never, I've never, I've never been to a place to where they try to pay their people. Um, and if they make a mistake on pay or something like that, because it happens in commission jobs. They're very, very quick to rectify it. They want their people to get paid. They want their customers to be taken care of. Why? Because if people are happy, guess where they're going to keep fucking coming? Right. And the customer base here, there's people that have been buying cars at this place for 40 fucking years. That's a long time. So if if you're treating people right, then they're going to treat you right and so on and so on. They're going to send you referral business and all that. And if people are being bullshitters, you can say you're a bullshitter. And guess what? They're still going to come back because, oh, I've gained your respect because I'm not your fucking doormat. Right. So if you don't like it, 
that's fine. Don't come back and see me. I love that. I love you so many. Yeah, I'm gonna get fired for that one. <laughs> well, I had I had a trainee with me when that happened, and he was Check like, ass. he was like, holy shit. And I'm like, you don't. I'm like, you don't treat people bad. I'm like, but I didn't treat her bad. And he's like, you. He's like, you didn't, but you told her that she was lying. I was like, absolutely, because she wasn't. She knew it. I'm like, don't fucking come and lie to me, and expect me to be honest with you. I'm like, so I just I didn't compromise my own integrity. I just said you're lying. I know it, and you know it. These are your options. Go. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Pick one. Yeah. I mean, and if you are my employee, I'd be like, and? Well, no. I, I mean, if you're, I you're in the, my I've, employee was in the right. I went and told on myself. Right. That's the best thing to do. I've, I have done that multiple times. I, I think I've done it multiple times pretty much every job I've had since I've been in my 30s. I've just been like, hey, I fucked this up. This is where I fucked it up. And this is why I fucked it up. Or I said this to this person and I did say this and this is why I said it. And you can be mad at me if you want, but you should hear it from me first. Yeah. Well, I didn't fuck anything up here. I was just like, Hey, this is, this is what just happened. This is how I conducted myself. Um, you don't, uh, you don't want me to bullshit and I don't want to bullshit. So this is what happened. And they're like, great, great. Cause that lady was lying. Yeah. Not only did you do the right thing, but you did so in such a decent and respectable fashion that she gave your business more money. Yeah. For calling her a liar. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. It's amazing. So go, go fix it. It's your almost own like if you're direct and truthful with people, you, things go better. I, I, I think I've said on the show many times that the truth is the way to go. I think you had, I think you've said that too much. I mean, the subject <laughs> of this episode have. being too much. I think that we do too much derailing, too many tangents, too much, not staying on topic, uh, too much talking about games and the automotive industry. We do for yeah. sure. Yeah. So too much. There you go. Audience there. We, we should have called the show something else so we could just talk about whatever. This is what we're interested in in this yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, I've, I'm interested in the same things that I was when I was 14 years old. Right. Cartoons, role-playing games, and boobs. I, I dress, that, I, mean, <laughs> I dress the same way that I did in high school. Dude, fuck man. I, I'm going to find this picture. I'm going to show you a picture of me in high school, right? And the only difference is, is that I'm not wearing a hat right now, but my wardrobe has not changed. Um, in fact, I have a t-shirt that is a parody of the t-shirt that I'm wearing in this picture from the nineties. That's awesome. But I pretended to be a homeless person, um, and followed, can I say homeless? Can I say hobo? Hobo's all right still. I mean, I feel like hobo's a good word. I feel like that you're not supposed to say hobo and I'm gonna. So <laughs> I pretended to be a hobo and followed this family home for my friend's aunt's birthday party. And I would just linger around her. I would try to take her drink from her. I'd pick food off of her plate. That's and they were amazing. Like, they were like, they were, she was like, who's this guy? Why is he here? They're like, I don't know. He seems homeless. He just followed us back here, but he seems relatively harmless. Maybe we should just let him eat. So this whole thing went. But let me get you this picture. And I'm going to show you that I have not changed in the entirety. I dress the same oh my at God. 45 as you I did are the same at person. 16 or 17. Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. Yep. That's the lady whose plate you were eating yeah. off of? That's yeah. too funny. 
Yeah. So it's my, my friend Laura's aunt, uh, any which way, but yeah. So I, I dressed up like, so I've got my camo, my camo, a BDU shorts on my dancing t-shirt, my, uh, Oakland A's hat worn backwards. But yeah, the dancing t-shirt, I have a, I have a war machine parody t-shirt, this Thagros shirt. That's basically the same thing. That's hysterical. Um, I have those shorts, but not in uh, green brown camo, but sort of urban black and white camo. Uh, so yeah, I still wear hats like that backwards to this very day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, any, anybody can pull up a 12 year old picture of me and it's like, Oh, what a loser. Oh, those ones where you're on stage and your hair's short and you're vibing and you've got this whole, my chemical bromance thing going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, these are, you're very different in some of those pictures, but yeah, you have not changed much. Well, it was, uh, it was girl pants back then. Yeah. It, it, I'd probably show off that dick, man. Probably get hated if I wore girl pants now. Uh, would um, you? No, I don't think you I would. Know. I think that society is far more open about Maybe. what you want to wear. I don't, yeah, I, don't I, that, yeah. I still wear pants that are too tight. Yeah. Um, because you got to show off that dick. You got to show that moose knuckle. That's exactly right. Show that moose knuckle. It's like a. It's like a. You know the the boosty bras. That's exactly right. Man prees. I've been doing that for a fucking long time. Yeah, I actually, your man pre man bun combination, it brings me great shame <laughs> to be in the same room. Well, you know what's funny is it, like, this wasn't, it, man bun was not a thing until a few years yeah, ago. It's too much. I mean, and on the subject of too much, there's too much man bun. I've been putting my hair up that way for a long time because you just keep it off your fucking neck that way. Yeah. And you're going to be like, just cut your fucking hair. No, no, you repressive prick. I'm not cutting my fucking hair because I like it down sometimes. I like it long. You like it long. You're welcome. I, I have never said or suggested just, that you should I, cut just, your hair. I have. I suggested that you it. should not have a man bun. That's all I'm saying. No, That's I've, my suggestion. I've had other people like, man bun. Ah. I get called man bun at work sometimes. <laughs> They're like, hey, man bun. It's and I'm delightful. like, I'm like, hey, shiny head. <laughs> like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I like the guys. Oh, you know, with. that entirely stems from envy, right? That you that they have no hair to speak of and they want to mock you for your beautiful hair. Oh, and I don't I your don't handsome face I think and your funny. perfect white chiclet teeth and we, your great success at the job. That's what they're in. Everybody of. there plays with each other. So it's fine. Like, yeah, they do. we'd go fucking crazy if we didn't. If you were if you weren't playful at work, like that's when enough would be enough. Yeah. See, in my job, everybody in the office is just always stoned. It's annoying by you. <laughs> by that you mean you i am always stoned at work not always <laughs> i'd say 78 percent of Just the time today <laughs> uh, my wife's going upstairs she's shaking her head she's like not just today it's like every day bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so um have you have you run into anything since you've been working for yourself to where you've had to like put your foot down and be like, yeah, no, I've had enough of this bullshit. Um, I'm actually at that point now. Um, so I, I have been working with two artists, one of which that I gave him uh, I gave him a, a not a large amount of money, but I gave him a decent amount of money to do a variety of work for me. Um, and all that he has been managed to produce are a couple thumbnail sketches and a very simple Photoshop job that, uh, you know, I could have done myself for, it would have taken me significantly longer because I'm shit at Photoshop, but it's not worth the money that I've made my down payment. And then communication is almost never. So I need to send him an email saying, Hey, you know what? Look, I'm just consider the work done. Keep the down payment. Obviously I'm never getting anything from you. So I'm finished. 
And then I have another artist who's a friend of mine and she's great and usually reliable, but lately she just doesn't return texts or <clears throat> communications and stuff. And you know, fuck, I pay her. It's cause you're creepy. I am creepy. Come to my house. Yeah. Yeah. Smell this nice, rag. Nice callback. <laughs> nice callback. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't, and it doesn't help that, you know, I probably weigh twice what she does. Yeah. Yeah. That's how love works sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love works. Huh? So Tara watches, uh, she watches all these crime shows and she'll watch them right before bed. I can't fucking do that. I can't tolerate it. It puts me on edge. I get freaked out. So I'm like, oh, yep, everybody's out to get me. Mm. There's this like paranoia that comes. So I'll like go and check the door several times to make sure it's locked. The other night, the wind blew and like the door made a noise. So I fucking go to the front door and I'm like, all right, somebody's about to get snabbed. Uh, not, not really fucking with it. So did you get it, did you get abused as a kid? No, that's the weird thing. I grew up in this, Are you like, sure? totally safe environment. Yes. The only because, the because, only thing that could be remotely considered abuse from when I was a kid would have been a slight tongue lashing here and there. I didn't get spanked a lot. See, it happened. As someone who was drug out of their bed while they were asleep and woken up to a beat or woken up with a beating for not doing dishes, right? Like I that's why I paranoid I where I very obsessively check doors, uh, make sure things are locked and, and work very, very hard to feel safe when I'm trying to sleep at night. I have kids, but I have kids. So you're, like, that, your is, that is, is the, the peddlers, ultimate, the peddlers are coming to stretch that is, them. That is the ultimate fucking paranoia. Mm. When you have a baby, you think of the most horrendous things in the world happening to them. Like you're like, Oh, you can't leave the iron out. Because like why are, why are modern blenders large enough to fit a baby? Yeah, like, is exactly. That on that's exactly, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. So like, you're fucking, you're like, and oh do you, man. Do you feed first? I think you do. Cause I'm, I'm assuming that, that, you know, skull, well, it's soft. I mean, I don't know. I've never done it. I, I, I don't know. I've not tried it. Um, I think if you went head first, it would get stuck. The, but, but the bone is soft, right? The skulls, the cranium's not quite formed at that point. Yeah, so but could, a, I think you would get, I think you would get it stuck. I bet if we got like one of those big double blade ninja things, like, you know, <laughs> those double decker blade ninja things, like an industrial blunt, I think we could do it. You think it would be feasible? Yeah, I think we could do it. But uh, no, like you think of these horrendous things happening to your kids. So like, you're like, if I leave the iron out, it's going to call on, it's going to fall on my kid and it's going to split their face open and burn them simultaneously. And they're going to be misshapen and mutilated maybe even die and like you get the picture in your head and you're like all right well that fucking iron has to leave this house for forever and then you're like oh but dude, right. somebody well, I mean, wants to death molest is my preferable kids to living life is the triangle burn face kid sure maybe i don't know i you want everybody to have that chance at life so maybe triangle burn face kid has a chance but you're still you're freaked out by it and then you're like everybody's a pedophile like, you have to think that way because guess what? Most fucking, most instances where somebody's sexually abused is by somebody that's trusted by the family. So then you start looking at your family and you're like, oh, it's really only going to be the people that were around me and that I know didn't yeah. molest me. So you go, you go with that. Like, those are the people that you put around your kids. Yeah. And then you're like, what if, what if somebody decides to drive up and try to abduct my kid? Then you're like, okay, so I have to, they have to be within eye shot or ear shot. And I have to be able to at least get a partial plate. Fucking bizarre stuff. Hmm. And you're like, yeah, the gun's going to be by the front door. For if somebody tries to grab my kid, then I can put a clip in them. Right. 
It's bizarre shit, dude. Bizarre shit. Being a parent makes you the ultimate paranoid. So, yes, I will go to the fucking front door, make sure it's locked a couple of times, especially after watching the crime shit, because they're like, yeah, the serial killer would go and he'd break in and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, if he fucking breaks in here, like, I'm going to make sure that I'm not even sleeping. How about that? (laughs) How are you going to get away with it if I'm awake, bitch? Yeah, I think that I, I, I engage in too much news. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I I pay too much attention to the news, and again, just like most things in my life, compared to the ca- you know to the casual observer, I'm obsessed about these things. But to par- compared to real wonks and experts, I'm I'm a casual observer. But I pay a lot of attention to politics, and it it sometimes it's depressing. No, it's fucking totally. And, and so depressing. I just have to unplug. But then I feel like I. I I'm not involved. I'm unaware, you know, but, but then I'll talk to my brother and he'll bring up shit that I'm just completely ignorant on. And I'm like, Oh my God, how do you even, who has the time to research this? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, how did you know he did that in college? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. I'll have, uh, Roger and Jason get into some fucking hysterical political debates. Okay. And, Jason gets heated. He is one of the most passionate people on the fucking planet. And man, if if something strikes a chord with him, then God damn it, it strikes a chord. And Roger is a he's a fucking picker. <laughs> He'll pick at that shit. So He'll just troll him those, for the sake of trolling two, him. Those two, like in the same room talking politics, like they love each other so much. Okay. Um, and it is so apparent because they're they're awesome to each other, but yeah, they, they do some shit to get under each other's skin. And I don't think Jason does it. Okay. But Roger does. And it, that shit is fucking funny. No, I've had heated discussions with Jason and he has never, Jason has never done that. He's never deliberately just no, made a, that's a not, that's not his character. Yeah, it's not um, who he is, but yeah. I've done, I mean, I've done that to Roger. Yeah. When we talk about Star Trek, I'll just fucking shit on Star Trek just Just mercilessly. Yeah. yeah, Just to scratch away at him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he, he, those two are fucking hysterical, but the, some of the things that they bring up when they're talking, I'm like, if you were playing video games for 16 fucking hours today, how would you even know that? (laughs) Like, how the fuck do you know that? Roger, if you were at work for 13 hours today, which I know you were, how the fuck did you come across this piece of data? Yeah. What do you do at work? Yeah. What I, do you do at I'm, work? I'm baffled by it. I'm like, so how are you guys throwing this at each other? Because I'm I'm solely speaking on theory here, okay? Yeah. And like, theory, I can, I can do that all day. If you want to talk about processes, I can talk about processes. But once you start to get into these like little finite minutia. things that, that yeah. nobody knows anything about, not even the people involved in it, and you guys are somehow pulling facts out as though you're experts, I'm like, what is wrong with you? It's incredible. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of brain. Because, it, I mean, it has to be a time management thing, right? Especially if you work a job that is, if you work jobs that that are that have slow periods uh, through the course of the day or through the course of the year, you have opportunity to brush up on things. But I, I mean, I've got buddies who are so smart and so knowledgeable, and I just don't understand. They can they when can, they can peruse an article, okay? They and, can and then just grok everything right? there. They've just fucking managed yeah. to take. They I'm understand so it. I'm no, so that's incredible. Of that kind of brain. I don't really have that am. one. I it, dude, I read slowly. Yep. Because I'm like, I have to take everything here in. I'm gonna take my time. Blah blah blah. And I read it like I would speak it. 
Right. And that was, I mean, that's been my, the entirety of my life long before I became, long before I became a middle-aged pothead. That, that's always been the case for mm-hmm. me. You know, I've always had, a, you know, I guess a slightly above average vocabulary, but I've never, I, I've never been a strong reader. I, I, so I was in, uh, I was invited to gifted classes when I was super young like kindergarten first grade something like that and then i went to a new school and they put me in a remedial reading class and one of the tests that they did this fucking this is stuck with me my entire life they put out jumbles of letters and they were like what word would that be that was one of the tests that they did and then they put me in a remedial reading class based on how i answered that and I'm like, you can't give somebody a jumble of letters because clearly I have an understanding of how these make sounds, the phonics, blah, blah, blah. But like, you can't give a jumble of letters that clearly don't say anything and then be like, what does that say? And oh, yeah, you're not reading at the appropriate level. That was bizarre to me. Um, and that's something that really stuck with me. And then I go to college and I get into honors classes and they're like, no, your reading comprehension's fantastic. Like, you don't have any issue with that. I'm like, what? Then what, what What the fuck was this place doing? But it's because it was some fucking hillbilly school. They couldn't read the real words. So they were like, hey, this says Fernando. <laughs> Can you read Fernando? Oh. And it didn't say Fernando. It said Fernagalock. <laughs> I, I don't know what a Fernagalock is. Yeah, that's exactly right. That, no, it was bullshit. That? It was fictitious. They gave me a fictitious test. They did not give me a real test. And it's something that's really stuck with me. That fucking irritated the shit out of me. And Windsor, get your shit together. You've got a bunch of kids that are on heroin now because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Congratulations. You're stupid. Mm. There you go. I want to do a fictional conspiracy theory podcast. Speaking of too much, I have too much on my plate. Oh, you do. Yeah, too you much do. on my plate. That's that's really that's really it. But I, I have shitty, shitty time management skills. And I have difficulty telling people no. Have you have you started to say no and cut things out yet? Not yet. No? No. You will. I just told you no. <laughs> I guess. I said no. I answered no, no I to your don't. question. Yeah. But like <laughs> have you have you started saying no, I won't do that or no, I can't do this yet? Nothing. I, yeah, I have not. That's interesting. Well, I mean, you're also at the yes part of this because everything that you do has to be yes. You just have to focus on one thing at a time instead of saying, I'm going to do this, this, and this. That's been challenging. Yeah, no, that's really tough. I know how that goes. The the biggest part for me, though, is that it's it's so much now. I mean, I I certainly don't want to hearken back to a simpler time in terms of, you know, owning other human beings as property and – not having the right to vote and all of the other terrible civil rights issues that this country in this country's history. But boy, I'd like to go back to a pre-computer age. Like a nice 1984. I'd like to like to go back to a pre-computer age. I'd like to go back to an age where, you know, at least a time when Google wasn't at your fingertips. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I, I forget who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody about that recently. And they're like, you know, the thing with millennials is they just don't understand what the world's like without this. And I'm like, you say this with your smartphone in your pocket, mm-hmm. knowing full good and well that the millennials grew up in the exact same fucking world that you did. Okay. They didn't grow up with smartphones. It's something that came about when they were teenagers or in college. So, like, the fact that you use that as a thing is so fucking baffling to me. And the fact of the matter is they have more technical know-how than you do. Right. Um, Work ethic might be different, sure, because they were spoiled. But 
other than that, you're the fucking same dude. Like you do the same shit. So I'm a I'm I'm a Gen Xer, uh-huh. and my experience working with millennials wasn't any different than working with younger people from you know whatever gener was it generation that came after X. I think it's a Z. Oh, yeah. after X. So X after X was millennials, I think, because uh, Gen X was yeah. It was uh you had boomers, X, millennials, Z or why something like right. that some they they had some weird way of doing that but yeah, yeah any any, any which way it was why generation why i i had my experience working with them is no different than working with young people from the millennial generation yeah it really isn't well i mean you get there's some fucking millennials and shit out there that have tremendous work ethic uh roger's a millennial guy busts his ass jason's a millennial busts his ass you don't think of them like that because they're in their 30s but guess what we're fucking old now yeah so it's, it. I don't know. It's weird. It's totally bizarre. And then you, uh, all the, everybody wants to make fun of the boomers. I'm like, they can't help it that they're dumb. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no, but what they, but what certainly what they can't help is that the ability, the, what they can't help is the rate at which technology has evolved over time. Sure. Their brains just don't keep up with it because they're aging. I'm the same way. I don't get, I mean, I decided to jump and do uh a, a world, digital world, a digital world, and I'm not a digital guy, and I'm just—it's fucking terrible and embarrassing and slow and stupid, and I hate it. And I just want to—I don't know—I just want to pay somebody to do all the fucking digital, all the fucking heavy lifting. No, uh, I well, I think that's one of the things that Joe Rogan did really, really well. Like he—I don't think he edits his own shit. He's got somebody that does. No, that. you've got to. Um, and. I think that's totally fair. Like he's the guy that does the voicing. He does, you know, any reading, he decides who he wants to have on his show. So like that guy does a lot to make the show possible and shit. You wouldn't have the show without him. Uh, I think early on, he probably did his own editing and all that, but fuck no, that that sucks. That fucking sucks. Yeah. But you're not going to be Joe Rogan, right? I mean, if you're a podcasting person, that's like saying, well, I'm going to someday I've got my sights on being Brad Pitt. Okay. So if you, I'm going to be Brad Pitt, if you look at David Dobrik or any of the large YouTubers, um, most of those guys started doing this fucking like 2008. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, they started it 12 years ago when, when the platform was just starting to blossom. So a bunch of those guys are fucking bajillionaires now and they still do their own editing. Like they'll have an assistant with that helps them with, I don't fucking know what, but like if you listen to the people that are close to them talk, they're like, Oh yeah, no, he's working all the time. He's always doing this shit. That's that's control issue though. I think. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I think that is the need to, that is just, that's just being a workaholic and needing to be, be in control of if it is a, if it is a facet that you have expertise in and you have those kinds of control issues, you're just going to fucking do it because as opposed to me spending the time to teach you to do it the way that I want you to do it, it's just easier to fucking do it myself. That's fair. I get that. That's fair. I mean, I've been that and that's shitty management. I mean, if you manage people that way, you're a shitty manager. Well, I don't think, I think a lot of those people aren't managing. They're not managing large teams, right? They'll have an assistant. Hey, can you keep my fucking schedule for me? You know what I mean? Because you can't keep the schedule and do the six other things that they're trying to do. There's not enough hours in the day. So you get somebody to do that. Um, would you want to hire somebody to edit it at that point? Like if you've been doing it successfully for however long and you want to make sure, yeah. yeah, And you want to make sure the content continues to come out in this fashion. Well, then you're going to continue to do it, but something like a podcast, this is a different beast altogether. So 
Well, Would and you- doing your own editing. I mean, you have control over how you sound to a degree. Sure. I mean, hopefully, once I've completed editing an episode, it I sound better than I did asking the questions, you know? Yeah. Certainly, I hope that my guest will sound better because I've removed, you know... Pauses, long, ums, you know, long yeah. pregnant pauses, ums, ahs, and so's, that sort of thing. But yeah, I get it. You want to, I mean, you, that voice is your brand and you want to be able to control how it sounds. That's, that's one of the weird things about me. I don't give a shit about that. Like it's never been a thing. So when I edit a podcast episode or anything like that, I never really go through and I'm like, is, should I take out this um or this uh doesn't really happen. I've I've taken things out that could potentially be damaging to somebody's reputation or something like that. And it's it's not because they said something with malicious intent or anything like that, but they said something that could be construed the wrong way or I have or whatever. And I don't want to deal with the blowback of that because it's you're not going to take context into account at all. You're going to take some words and right, you're going to isolate it. the phrase. Exactly. And, yeah. and you're going to be like, oh, that's not OK. And like right. it. In the context, it was totally okay. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things that I'm re- – I, I don't like to fucking edit that shit out. It's important like because these are people. This is a conversation. So I think you should you should understand that this is a human experience that a couple right. of people are having, and you should intake it as such. So that's why I try to go light on my editing. Now, if I were doing a role-playing episode or something like that, like I, I would definitely cut more out of it because you want to get to the meat and potatoes there of the story. That's about a story. That's not about a conversation so much. Right. It's not about a rules debate or anything exactly. like that. Yeah, no. Exactly. Editing, editing an actual play is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I can imagine I, so. I hate it. I don't know what I've done with myself. But that's neither here nor there. So I guess, I guess to wrap things up, because we've turned this into when is enough enough with yourself, more so than it was in a relationship. So... If, uh, I guess the word of wisdom this week can be, if something is not beneficial to you, then have, have the wherewithal to cut it out. And if you don't have the wherewithal to cut it out, search for it. Search for things that you can do better. Well, and to just keep in mind that at the end of the day, the only person who's there to protect you is you. Look at you, philosophical man. I'm just saying, in the state of the world today, one seconds matter. The police are only minutes away. And the only one that can protect you is you. Yeah. Wow. You gotta get that gun safe. Mm.